got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, he is the co-host, sometimes, of the Max Level Podcast. It is Sev. Good evening, Brian. Are you ready to rank some wrestling? Wait, do you not have stable? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was waiting for you to say, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. And I'm like, cool. First, I've got to share my stable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I thought you were like just ready to skip everything else that we normally do and just go right to the rankings. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Well, we're we're getting right into this then. then. Nope, yeah. Um, yeah. 45 always, minute show. <laughs> As always, I have brought a stable log this week. We are going with Shaggy Tungo, Violent oh J, Ding, Booker T, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, Scott Steiner, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And it's called Insane in the Memory brain <laughs> why is kevin nash involved i mean i get scott steiner it's um why is kevin Steve nash Booker involved T, kevin nash Kurt angle scott steiner were all part of the main event mafia and tna weren't they oh, when the okay. video came up on the screen it would just say mem but obviously mem no, okay the end okay ICT. okay yeah. got it got it i follow that one okay not not as complex as the previous two weeks but yeah no. down a little bit. that one that one i can actually understand for the most part i just <laughs> forgot i actually forgot kevin nash was part of the main event mafia he was he was yeah i just thought it was because he's like crazy and sm- smokes weed now i mean he he, he owns like a cannabis company oh, fair, fair. yeah he's got like his own strain of weed and shit so it's pretty cool does it help with knee joints um maybe <laughs> keeps him keeps him keeps him from tearing your quads <laughs> special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast go check him out wherever you can find music and people including YouTube Spotify SoundCloud Bandcamp Facebook Instagram and Twitter you won't be disappointed please take a moment and do us a favor if be so kind head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on drop us a quick rating and review really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow and remember we are on Patreon now as well patreon.com forward slash RPG era check out our tiers see what we're doing and if you feel inclined toss us a couple bucks each month if not continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well and of course special shout out to current executive producers Jexx and Zenku did you watch Extreme Rules? Did not. I did. Uh, well, I won't say that I watched it. I had it on the TV in the background. I was playing Warcraft for a majority of the pay-per-view. And, I, you know, I look back every now and then. Like, there was some pretty entertaining stuff. I do think there was, you know, tri- Triple H has definitely turned the pay-per-views around and, and made them way more entertaining than they were under the Vince McMahon era. Um, but the White Rabbit was indeed Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's not as creative as I hoped it was going to be. I was hoping for someone above. Well, I was still hoping that Bray was going to pop up in AEW. Like, I get that, you know, it's AEW probably wasn't going to be the best fit for him in any way, but I still think it would have been cool to have him there and see what he could have done. Um, and it well, mostly it was just because of the creative freedom, but I think he's going to still have that creative freedom in, a, in WWE at this point. Yeah. Um, they had him debut at the very end of the show show after the fight pit match between Riddle and Seth, which was actually entertaining. Um, you know, definitely a, a pretty brutal match at times. Um, I still think the fight pit is kind of a stupid gimmick, but, um, you know, it was entertaining. But they had uh, Daniel Cormier there, UFC fighter, being the referee, and then they made it seem like they were going to go off the air, and then the lights went out in the arena, and they had, like all of his puppets that he had like at the Firefly uh, the Firefly Funhouse segments like the mm-hmm. buzzard and the pig and the the witch or whatever she was and, and a couple other ones the uh, I don't remember what they all are but they had like actual people dressed up as the puppets throughout the crowd and they would shine like a spotlight on them from time to time 
And then they had this door sitting by the entrance ramp that got like blown open. And then Wyatt appeared wearing this new kind of mask. It's not his fiend mask. It was definitely a different like metal mask almost. Almost Doctor Doom mask on it. A little bit, yeah. And then he took it off and he looked like the old, like, original Bray Wyatt, right? With the lantern and the, you know, kind of Louisiana Bayou gimmick that he was doing there for a while. Sort of looked like that again. Um, I don't quite know what gimmick or character he's going to be portraying or if he's just an amalgamation of all of them. But um, I will give it to Triple H and WWE. I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm excited to see what Bray does now with creative freedom and not hopefully being shackled and held back i imagine you know he will be much more successful this time and i mean he deserves it so good for him yeah good i did him. watch the entrance and the crowd did pop there was some holy shit chance which is pretty cool yeah but yeah i am interested to see what he does there's some speculation that because they had people dressed up as the actual characters from the firefly funhouse segments that the whole wyatt six stable is going to come into play that he was teasing on social media throughout the summer where he'll have like actual people that represent the characters but I don't I really don't know who they would put with him yeah so I saw something about uh, the Liv Morgan turn all her social media's black after she lost to Ronda Rousey and apparently like there's an exclusive backstage clip and she just like sat in a dark room staring at the wall or something well she'd be good fit for him yeah yeah very much I like mean, the Alexa Bliss I was gonna thing, say but... but I mean I think Alexa would just slot right back into that role as well if needed so yeah yeah so I've got a couple of uh, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about while we were on the air because there have okay. been um, been some releases recently. Um, a set of them are spoilers for some impact tapings that have not yet aired. But I don't know if you want to go over them. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit. It's impact. Who cares? Okay, so uh, we... <laughs> does anyone even watch impact? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, but the set of tapings that have just happened, uh, four people are now gone. Those four people are Maria Canellis, Mike Bennett, uh, Matt Taven, and Vincent. Okay. Do you think any of these will show up in AEW? Um. I've heard there's been Matt interest. Taven, maybe? Yeah. Maybe Matt Taven? See, Matt Taven's been ROH champion, hasn't he? So Yeah, I could see him being right back into the ROH fold. Yeah, yeah. I think with this Jericho going on a tear against all ROH champions, I could see him turn up for like one match and get beaten off on his way. I've also seen apparently TK's got interest in Maria Canales. Like, she's quite prominent in women's wrestling, isn't she? Well, I think she's... Uh, uh, kind of a, a smart mind, right? She mm-hmm. very much like Soraya, very much like, I mean, Madison Rain, if you want to include her as, with the coaches and Serena Deeb. I think bringing her in would just help put more eyes on that division and maybe they could figure out, you know, I mean, like, look at how many women's segments we had over the past week on AEW content. Like, there's definitely a, a shift right now happening for women's wrestling in AEW. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. I like, and then there's uh, one, uh, Nigel McGuinness, yeah, he go from WWE. Do you think? Wait, is he him? is he gone now from WWE? Yes, because I know they reshuffled yeah. around their commentators, right? Like they they went back to a two person table for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, right? So Raw is like Wade. Nope, that's SmackDown. Raw is Corey Graves and. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, there's a couple of commentators on their squads that I've not actually heard before. I know there was a guy, is it Jimmy Smith? But he's, he got he's fired, though. He got yeah, fired. He's been let go. Yeah. SmackDown is Cole and Wade Barrett. NXT is... Be coming back. He's doing his, like, ESPN game day stuff, so he probably won't be back anytime soon. Um, NXT is Booker T and, like, I don't know, Vic Joseph, maybe? Fuck, I really don't know. I'm just 
happy Kathy Kelly's back. I was hoping she would turn up in AEW. I'm a Kathy Kelly guy. Fair. But yeah, no, I think Nigel McGuinness was on commentary team for NXT UK, and now that's gone. I don't think he re-signed or something for when they're going to relaunch NXT Europe. So I've seen that he is actually gone from NXT now. But he's got massive ties to ROH. I think he'd be a great get for... I do too. UK to get in AEW, yeah. Even if he's like a manager role like... Uh, right. Like Regal or, yeah, Tully. Is he retired? Yeah, see, I think there was some things about... Uh, he was a big advocate for like no blood in wrestling for a while. Oh my sure. God, the AEW is not a fit for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he tested positive for like hepatitis B or something at some point and blamed that on um, someone else blading in the ring and then him catching it that way. Can you but, imagine him are out there with like Mox or CM Punk when he maybe never, who knows though, the uh, investigation is stalled. If he ever comes back, like there's so much blading in AEW, Nigel would be like pissed off all the time. Yeah, so I think it was, um, is it like untested or something? So if you've had like your test and you're clean, then it's fine to blade. But he, I think he was at some like indie show or something like someone bled and they obviously hadn't been tested and that like, passed on to him. Thankfully, he got cured. It wasn't the uncurable kind. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, I think he stopped wrestling after that. Okay, okay. But yeah, he'd be a super good get for AEW, in my opinion, even if it is just for the Ring of Honor brand. Yeah, I mean, they still need to do something with Ring of Honor. I mean, we say that every single week, and at least they're not letting you forget about it, right? Like, the titles, the storylines, they're still taking up quite a bit of time on, on weekly AEW TV, so they're certainly not letting Ring of Honor just fall away into obscurity, which is nice. I don't mind that, yeah. Um... All right, well, we have a lot of wrestling to rank, obviously. We had three shows this past week. We had our normal Dynamite and Rampage, but we also had Battle of the Belts 4, so we're going to recap all of those. But before we get to that, we need to run down real quick what happened last week on um, Elevation and Dark. Now, I'm pissed because Daddy Magic was not on commentary for Elevation. We had Ian Riccoboni, which I don't mind Ian Riccoboni. I like Ian Riccoboni. And I, I thought it was fine when Ian Riccoboni and, and Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, were doing commentary. I do not need to hear Paul White on commentary. So um, as soon as I realized Daddy Magic wasn't on Elevation, I kind of tuned out. Like, I left it on the monitor and was doing some other work and playing World of Warcraft during it. But I really... Wasn't really paying attention, and I wasn't listening to the commentary as I usually do when Daddy Magic's on there. Um, It wasn't as entertaining, so I'm a little pissed. I hope he's back next week. Let's run down the card, though. Let's run down the card. Sky Blue defeated Trisha Dora. Brian Cage defeated Tracy Williams. Lance Archer defeated Cheeseburger. Man, this is a card for you. We got Cage on there. We got Archer on there. This is a Sev, <laughs> sev Wet Dream. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a Sev Wet Dream elevation here. Abaddon defeated Abby Jane. Dalton Castle and the Boys defeated Primal Fear. Adrian Serrano, Gabriel Hodder, and Matthew Omen, which was for the ROH uh, six-man tag team titles that they retained. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford defeated Gia Scott and LSG. The Lucha Bros defeated Dante Martin and Tony Deppin. And in the main event, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Danhausen, and Rocky Romero defeated Aaron Solo, Cole Carter, Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall. That's why I watched this week. QT Marshall, baby. This is the first time we've gotten to do this in a while. <laughs> hit the hit the QTE. Man, we haven't done quick time events in like over two months. It's been a while, dude. Yeah, I can't It's been a long time. time. Been a long time. Uh, I don't know that this one's fair, though. 
because it is like an eight-man match. Uh, but the time on this one was seven minutes, 54 seconds. Wait, okay then. Yeah, I mean... Still didn't do it quicker than Hook, right? So, best friends, Danhausen, Rocky Romero. Even though Danhausen, you know, he's kind of Hookhausen, right? I mean, Danhausen and Hook, I don't know if they'll ever be a team again, but either way, still not better than Hook. So, I, wa- I watched this show, and they, I believe it was on this one, wasn't on Dark. There was a backstage segment with um, the Renegade twins. Okay. They're not twins, are they? I mean... I don't think they're identical twins. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think they are identical twins. Now they are like twins, right? Like they are sisters and they are twins, but I don't think they're identical twins. Robin, Robin and Charlotte Renegade. Yeah, I always thought twins were like identical, unless they were like male and female. No, there can be. There's, there's two different types of twins. There's identical twins and like I don't remember the name of the other ones, but there's like non-identical twins as well. Yeah, I just, I just remember seeing it and thinking like one of them's got a completely different face to the other one. I was like, hey, they're lying to me. They're not twins. <laughs> this, this whole thing's a fix. <laughs> no, they, they, they are. They're just not okay. identical. Yeah, no. You watch Dark too, then, huh? Maybe. Okay, well, let's move on to Dark. Tuesday night, October 4th. Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten matches. All right, here we go. Marina Shafir defeated Soto Naives. Ari Davari defeated A.R. Fox. Josh Woods and Tony Nice defeated Invictus Cash and Rohit Raju. Abaddon defeated Freya States. Abaddon, two wins in a row. Elevation and Dark, huh? Maybe she's getting ready to uh, pop face back Jay up. Cargill. Yeah, I was going to say, she's going to get ready to face <laughs> Jay Cargill. She's gaining her wins right now in Elevation and Dark. So that, that likely is the case, honestly. Slim J defeated Blake Christian. Cesar Benoni and Ryan Nemeth defeated Chris Farrow and Eli Isom. Parker Bordreau defeated Terry Kidd. Heavy, uh, heavy trust busters at the show this was. Yeah. Sky Blue defeated Robin Renegade. The Iron Savages, formerly known as uh, Bear Country, defeated... Levis Valenzuela and Vary Morales. And in the main event, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel defeated the Workhorsemen's Anthony Henry and JD Drake. Uh, Susan, uh, would you say his name is like Lelem Vendrales? Levis Valenzuela? Okay, that's uh, No Way Jose, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think I definitely remember watching the Slim J match, but I don't remember any of the other matches on the card, so I don't know if I watched this in passing or not. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't put this one on. I was still mad that Daddy Magic wasn't on Elevation, so I didn't even turn Dark on, so <laughs> didn't give it the time of day. <laughs> nice that Sky Blue got a victory, though. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Let's move on to Dynamite. Like I said, we have a lot of stuff to recap, so we got eight segments for Dynamite, four for Rampage, three for Battle of the Belts, four. We got a lot of things to get through, so we will go through this the normal way. You and I will go back and forth. I'll take the highs for Dynamite. You'll take the lows. Eight things ranked. Kick us off. What's your number eight from Dynamite this past Wednesday night? So number eight on my list is going to be after. It's going to have to be another fucking squad. And that was the uh, Luchasaurus versus the best Fuego del Sol. Yeah, that's what I have at number eight as well. Yeah, I think we got a choke slam, something called a cutthroat, and then a pin. That was pretty much it. <laughs> and then uh, Jungle Boy came down with a chair. He gave a chair shot to Luchasaurus, and then he magged off a little bit and challenged him to a match at 
in Toronto. Yeah, so this Wednesday night is AEW's debut in Canada. So Jungle Boy, you know, after the the quick squash of Fuego, he comes down with a chair and, you know, he's like, you know, Luchasaurus, you name the time, you name the place, I'll be there, I just want to kick your ass sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And Christian's like, all right, well, the time is next week in my hometown of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> I'm excited for this match between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I think it could be really entertaining. Yeah, they know they each have, other so well. They do. Um, I've not seen them wrestle each other, so it'll be interesting to see that happen. Uh, have you noticed they've started calling Jungle Boy Jack Perry now? They have been a little bit, yeah. And I'm okay if they kind of get rid of the... Cause I mean, Jungle Boy is a fine name, but I don't know that, like... That's a name that you can build yourself around forever. I think Jack Perry might be smarter. Like Jungle Boy is a nickname, right? Jungle Boy Jack Perry. That's yeah, what I think yeah. his name should be at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like it makes him a more serious character to call him Jack Perry. Um, if they do push him up to like the main event or into like title scenes, like Jack Perry is definitely a better name to go with than Jungle Boy. And I also wanted to ask, Brian, are there any tar pits in Toronto? I mean, Dinosaurs roam the entire earth, right? So I would have to assume that somewhere nearby, maybe there's a, maybe a tar pit. You still hoping for a tar pit match? Yeah, I was really hoping they put a stipulation on this match. (laughs) It's like next week in Toronto and I was like, tar pit, tar pit. Come on, just give me some stippies, man. Give me a stippy. Steph loves Stippies. Yep, Stippies indeed. Yeah. Poor Fuego. Uh, yeah, poor Fuego, I guess. Poor Fuego. I mean, getting squashed. His best friend is Sammy Guevara. I mean, that's nothing to get excited about either now. No, poor we Fuego. didn't cover that before. Poor Fuego. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Sammy's thing when we talk about the main event, I'm sure. Okay, fair. So, there we go. Um... All right, well, kicking to me number one on my list. I'm hoping it's your number one as well, and that's National Scissoring Day. Oh, it is. Fuck yeah, it is. Hell number one on my list. Yes. <laughs> National Scissoring Day, number one, baby. This was great, man. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, I cannot believe. Like, obviously, we've been talking for weeks how over the acclaimed are, how over Billy Gunn is, how over the scissoring is. But, dude, that entire arena in Washington, D.C. had, like, some sort of sign related to scissoring, an actual cutout of scissors. I think it was uh, Max is like, hey, guys, be smart. Don't bring actual scissors with you to the show. Yeah. Um, But there were so much, like, just memorabilia of scissoring and oh man it was fucking great man so many chants this was really really cool and it feels like this scissoring with the acclaimed and and daddy ass like I I guess they don't really have a name right they are literally just the acclaimed at this point still Mm -hmm. but this feels like how popular Degeneration X was back in the late nine, like like late nineties. This really does. Yeah, yeah. Even Swerve made a comment about their new T-shirts. Like, are oh, you going to get a whole new generation of kids suspended from school? Uh, Which was a great line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got some awesome signs. So well, there was a whole scissor section. There was a sign that said, "I came to get scissored." Uh, Sh- scissor meat timbers. Yep. Which yeah, Excalibur yeah. even used on commentary. He did. They used it a couple of times now. So I'm not sure whether like that was up leg drop split thing is now going to be called a scissor meat timber or something. Yeah. I think that might be the name. But yeah. Uh, don't run with scissors. Like there were there were really good signs everywhere. To be fair. Scissoring is a handshake. <laughs> 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 no one's being like, I know a few things about scissoring. 
Oh, dude, this uh, this whole thing was just comedy genius, comedy gold. And I told you, man, I, I had a feeling we were building to a Swerve and Billy Gunn match. I'm actually pretty excited for it. I think it could be done really, really well. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm super excited to see it. There. Really fun segment, though, man. Yeah, especially I I really liked. Uh, look, I, I smiled through the through this whole thing. I was really I really too. happy with really, really happy with it. And then um, was it Max Caster got on the podium and he was like, "Put your twos up." And he was like, "There's no left, no right, no red, no blue." The acclaim wears pink. Everyone looks good in pink. We're the people's choice. We're the people's voice. Um, yeah, it was just it was building and building, and it just got better. Better. Also, did, uh, that was right. That was right before they did the first bipartisan scissor to unite the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which did get interrupted by Swerve. And he had a few good lines, and then he he pulls out. He's like pulls out a rock, and he's like rock beats scissors, and then um, Sterling comes out with like with a piece of paper, and he's like, hey, he's paper like, beats that. rock, you idiot, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it was like, wow, they got the rock paper scissor joke as well. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. This was this was great top to bottom favorite segment. Yeah, this was definitely the best thing on Dynamite. And I had a feeling, right, it would be um it was it was set up to be a a marquee moment. And I mean, shit, man, it was like getting national headlines too, right? Like some famous chef was tweeting about National Scissoring Day and yeah. This really hit mainstream media. Like the acclaimed are on fire right now. They were yeah. intelligent putting the titles on them. Like it's a way overdue. Yeah. I've seen a couple of people I even fish off was just uh he put on Twitter just like gross. Uh, a couple of other people being like, This is why I hate wrestling. Um well, fuck so em. Yeah, exactly. Fuck them. Uh, it's meant to be it's meant to be fun, guys. And this was very fun. If they were younger, they would still enjoy it. Right. We're ready to move on to something less fun. Yep, number seven on your list. Number seven on my list is Jake Lethal versus Darby Allen. Number seven on my list as well. We're three for three so far. Don't jinx it like that, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> the next one's not gonna match. Probably um, not. Yeah, this was okay. I don't know, like Taz on commentary, he was like, no one ever talks about how tough Darby is. I'm pretty sure that's all they ever talk about when Darby's in a match. This guy's so resilient. This guy's so tough. Can't last anybody. Uh, that was a dumb little line, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> got a couple of uh, monkey flips. They were quite cool. Uh, Darby Allen got knocked off the ropes. That was pretty. Uh, he landed pretty badly on that, to be fair. A nice avalanche uh, dragon screw. And to be fair, there was a big figure four um, from Jay Lethal, and I was really there hoping was. this was going to be the end of the match, but it wasn't. And then Sanjay, Sanjay came down, got a little distraction, and then Darby sort of rolled them up with that fucking last supper thing. Yeah, your favorite finishing move in all of professional wrestling. Fuck so bad. It's fucking rubbish, man. <laughs> um, and I'm not like the massive fan of Darby Allen, but like we got no tope from Darby in this match. We got no coffin drop. He literally... He didn't take that many bumps, apart from where he like fell off the ropes and got the dragon screw. It wasn't massive bumps in this, to be fair. Um, yeah, it was just a bit lackluster. I think the most exciting thing about this match for me is, is what they could be uh, potentially be building here with Jay Lethal, because once Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh came out, right, like Lethal's like, hey, I don't need you guys out here. Like, go to the back sort of a thing. That's what caused him to get pinned by the Last Supper. And... After the match, right, like, Darby's like, shake my hand, and Satnam and Sanjay were like, no, don't shake his hand, and then Lethal, after getting shoved, like, actually came in and shook his hand, so um, I feel like they are 
potentially building to Jay Lethal splitting from Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt, which I think would be beneficial, right? Like, I'm not a fan of Satnam Singh. I don't think he serves any purpose there. So, yeah, yeah, hasn't done anything. He serves no purpose. I don't think he's exciting in the ring whenever he is in trios matches with Sanjay and Jay. So, um, I'm also not a huge fan of Sanjay Dutt. Like, I know you are, but I'm not a huge fan of Sanjay Dutt. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him. So I would be okay if if those two just kind of disappeared. Maybe, you know, fell back into the ROH storylines if they're going to stick around. Jay Lethal, I'm still a massive fan of, though. I want him to go back to being like Black Machismo or or something else. Like, I miss those fun gimmicks that he just does so well. See him try and do Sting, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, dude, anything like that. Anything where he can just... (laughs) parody and mimic because he does it so well yeah yeah cool but yeah def- definitely does seem like we're gonna get a jay lethal face turn yeah which is i, I put i did put jay lethal in the burial ground a few weeks ago because i think we've seen a lot of him recently so i don't know if i want a face turn just yet yeah because he just he was face initially and then he flipped to heel and we don't need them flipping back and forth all the time so they need to figure out where they want to go and just kind of you know stick with one thing so We'll see. We'll see. All right. Here's where we won't match. Number two on my list. This is where we'll break the streak. My number two is the main event for me. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara taking on Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia. You are. You, you broke that streak. I know. Uh, number five on my list, that was. Okay. Okay. So I thought this was relatively entertaining. Some great wrestling on both sides between Danielson, Garcia, Jericho, and Sammy. Um, I think that this match was unfortunately plagued by the drama currently surrounding Sammy Guevara and Andrade El Idolo, which we've been talking in Discord about, you know, a couple days leading up to Dynamite because we started seeing this and you you put it in there and I was making comments that I re- really thought it was just going to be building up to a match and people just fucking around and having fun, but clearly that wasn't the case, right? Andrade showed up to Dynamite on Wednesday, like, looking for trouble, looking for a fight, actually, you know, threw some punches at Sammy, got sent home. Um, which is why his match on Rampage between him and Ten had to get changed because he no longer was there, even though he was told, like, hey, don't fight, don't be an idiot, but if you do throw punches and you do fight, we're still not firing you. Like, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people are assuming that Andrade is really just trying to get fired right now, Um, which is fine. I mean, if he wants to go, then they should just let him go. They should just fire him or release him or whatever. Like, if he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. Don't force someone to stay. But um, I was appreciative of the crowd and their massive fuck you Sammy chant right right to get started, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they really let him have it um, because, you know, his attitude isn't the best anyway, so... But he still led or he still brought a lot to this match. There was still a lot of entertaining segments between him and Garcia and him and Danielson. I don't really know where we're going with this yet. Like Garcia took the pin, right? Like he He took the pin from Sammy. I think it was. I think Sammy was the one that actually got the victory over Daniel Garcia. Um and then they they kind of like I think it was was it on Battle of the Belts where they had like the thing they're like Danny you know we're we're not mad we're just disappointed or something like that you come on home now or whatever yeah so, they were like, Jericho was like oh we're your family um what is it like I'm 2.0? your I'm your older brother 2.0 is you like your father figures <laughs> so like they're your two dads and cool hangings like yeah yeah and he's like wait wait a minute that means 
Um, but yeah, that was the final thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, Jericho did hit Garcia with the belt, didn't he? So I think they're going to continue this, whether they're yeah. building Garcia to take the ROH title at some point. I don't know. But I don't know. It's another loss for Daniel Bryan, isn't it? Bryan Danielson. Another loss for Bryan Danielson. Yep. Um... Still an entertaining match, though. I thought it was a, a fun way to close out Dynamite, the anniversary episode of Dynamite, the one that a you know TBS gave them extra fifteen minutes to go over. So this match didn't even start till like right around the ten o'clock time point. So I kind of miss when when wrestling always would go over like fifteen minutes, right? Like you think back to the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era when Raw was all, always on to like eleven fifteen at night. I miss those times, and and it was cool having wrestling on for an extra. 15 minutes yeah fair enough we did get uh, a bunch of wrestling this week with that extra 15 minutes on battle of the belts it was definitely a lot to get through but yeah yeah it was not a bad main event i put it at number five i think yeah most of the stuff on this show i didn't mind be fair. yeah it was not a bad dynamite so all right back to you cool next for me number six on my list is hangman adam page versus it's number six on my list as well we're going to get everyone right for that one you picked. We're going to have our number one and five flipped, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or our number two and five, I should say. I swear to God, if you have what I have at five at two, then you you are so predictable. <laughs> you are so predictable if you do. Oh, if, if you're predicting that I'm predictable, then yeah, you know exactly what I've got at number two. Wicked. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you like at the start of this match? Do you see Hangman offered Rooster Scissor? Yeah. It was very brief, but yeah, he offered the scissor. That was really cool. Um, yeah, this, this is all right. We did get another um, Rooster is doing like a punt thing. We call it like a like kick Hangman in the chest and then he does like a uh, like a punt taunt and then stares into the, the staff. I think called commentary called it like the 40 yard punt or something. Yeah. I have no idea what that's about. I don't either. And I think we brought that up like a week or two ago as well where you were asking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we also um, in this match cut to MJF holding his poker chip. Um, which is a bit odd because you can't really cash in here, MJF. So I don't yeah, know can't cash it in on either one of these two. I mean, I guess it's just because in two weeks in Cincinnati, right, Hangman is going against Mox, so they're teasing that maybe Hangman will take the title. Yeah, yeah, fair. I don't think it's going to happen, but... I don't either. It's worth the tease. Uh, and then there's another bit with um, Aubrey definitely saw Jose holding uh hangman's leg she did nothing about it i think she just told him off like she, usually in that situation he should have been ejected to the back correct there were there were a couple of referee things uh in this week's aw content that were a bit a bit iffy to be fair we'll get to the other one later when it happens well i know they're like building up to a storyline with one of them right i i think it's like paul turner or something like that like there's supposedly some story coming up where he's just constantly missing everything and like doing things incorrectly like there's some actual storyline being built around paul turner but i don't know if aubrey's also included in that or not Okay, I've not I've not been picking up on that to be fair. Uh, we got a straight jacket power driver, which was nice to see, and then cool. we we'll yep. finish with a buckshot. We we'll finish with a buckshot lariat. Um, yeah, did Mox come down to the ring afterwards? Yeah, a nice little uh, promo between Mox and Hangman, which I thought was entertaining. Right, like Mox trying to leave, and Hangman's like, "Well, wait a second, you know, I I still got some shit to say to you." Um, and then what did Mox say? He's like, uh, you're a sweet kid. Uh, yeah. Careful. Or, you you know, you're a sweet kid. You say some stupid shit or something like that. Like you're a sweet kid. A lot of kids around here. Uh, like a lot of kids around here. You say a lot of stupid shit that gets your mouth in trouble. It was obviously a, a pop at Salvi, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a nice little line for Motley Fair. And speaking of Mox, shout out to oh, him for Mox. signing five years worth of an extension to uh, AEW. Locks him up through like 2027 or 2028 now. Um, mm-hmm. Supposedly he was working without a contract over the summer, which is... A little crazy to think that, like, during all that time where he was the interim champion and all the shit going on with CM Punk and the Elite, right? Like, Mox didn't even have a contract yet, was the one that was relied on to really carry... AEW, so that that shows a lot of good faith to him. I like that Tony Khan locked him in for another five years. Like, I don't think Mox is going anywhere else. Like, he will retire in AEW at this point. And I did see on Fightful Select that when WWE was trying to reach out and bring all of these commentators back like Kathy Kelly they also reached out to Renee Renee. and uh, you know they they basically said that they couldn't get her because she's in the midst of signing with AEW Okay, that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, so she's on her, she's legit on her way to AEW. And I hope that she's utilized in a good role, like... I wouldn't mind her on commentary, to be fair. That's what I'm saying, like, commentary would be great. Like, she, I don't want to just see her as, like, Alexi Nair backstage interviewer, because she's better than that. They, They could also utilize her for, like, you know how she did, like, um, Talking Smack and, like, that Fox Sports WWE show, I don't remember what it was called, right? They could utilize her on like a new show like that as well on YouTube or something like that where she hosts like a weekly talk show but then is also on commentary. I think she would be a great fit out there with Excalibur and I guess Taz. Yeah. I don't know she used to do was it like Renee Unfiltered or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. She could definitely do some more like AEW content that's not wrestling content for them which would be uh, nice to what be fair. Yeah. I'm excited. Some insights. I've always been a big fan of hers so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that she'll show up sooner rather than later so there you go uh number three on my list is the opening match wheeler yuda taking on mjf no it's not number three on mine it's number four on mine oh okay number four on your list all right uh i thought this was a fun way to open up the show i think this match was better than i was expecting it to be right like Mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of mjf and i know that wheeler yuta is super solid and super strong in the ring Um, I'm not a huge fan of him on the mic, and I'll make fun of him every time for that. But um, I knew we were going to get a a solid, legit wrestling match out of this. But this was actually way better than I thought it was going to be. You can tell that these guys used to, like they said, wrestle up and down the independent scene before they really got their break in AEW. You could tell they have a lot of chemistry together. This was a really solid match. Classic MJF stuff, some some cool moves from uh, Wheeler, Utah. I enjoyed this. And the series of roll-ups, I, I thought was, you know, we, we see that from time to time. But when done right, I think it's always entertaining. Yeah, we had two sets of them uh, this week. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of the roll-ups. I think they're quite stupid there. But um, I want to give a shout-out to MJF. Like, he's looking buff. He is looking much buffer than when he went away. Much stronger than before. Like, he did a gut wrench to Utah. And you could tell you could tell he got a bit more power in him. Well, I think you can tell that, like... He's about to become the champion, right? Like, there is no way when he cashes that chip in, he loses. There's no fucking way, dude. <laughs> I, uh, and this is possible in wrestling, Brian, so I'm not going to say 100%, but it should happen. It should definitely happen. Anything can happen in all elite wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> It even seems like uh, MJF's got a couple of new moves as well. He did a he does this like nasty power bomb where he stuck his knee out at the end of it. Like that looks super harsh. Fair. I like that they kept having MJF roll out of the way whenever Yuta was trying to like jump off the top rope. 
And then the third time he kind of rolled away and was like flipping him off at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. Um, Clearly, though, I think MJF's title shot is going to come at full gear. Like, it makes the most sense to happen there. Yeah. That means we have to set up Mox against someone else first, don't we? Because he's not going to cast a chip in for a straight match, is he? He's going to cash it in after Mox is, like, bloody and beaten. No, I think he... I think he cashes it in for a straight match you actually yeah i do yeah i think he will because we're getting closer to full gear right full gear is on november 19th mm-hmm. so we are a little over a month away um hangman and mox are wrestling on october 19th so after that match we'll have one month left to go i think at that point we just find out mjf's cashing in for full gear and it's taking his title shot i don't think we'll get mox v somebody else in the main event i don't think mjf will not go into full gear without a match on the show. Like, they're not going to leave that card MJF, MJF-less and just, you know, with everybody expecting he's going to cash in at the end. It's too obvious. Too obvious. Yeah, I think maybe that MJF cashes in in two weeks' time, wins the belt, and then we have MJF sort of avoiding Mox and Mox calling my and being like, no, you owe me, you owe me a rematch. We're having a match. Okay, so like a, re- a rematch at the pay-per-view. I'd be okay yeah. with that. I'd be okay See, with like, that. Uh, te- technically, MJF cashing in his chip and beating Mox is classed as a match, but it won't be a match that goes any longer than like 20 seconds. Or so Correct. Or an actual official, can MJF keep his title against Moxley? Match will be set up all year, I reckon. I'd be okay with that booking, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'd be okay with that. Wicked. So, well, dang, we don't. I've got my number two and my number three left. I got my number four and five left. So number three for me, I never thought this guy would get this high. Uh, Wardlow versus Brian Cage. Number four on my list. Yeah. This was much better than I expected it to be, from fair. Hell yeah, man. This is the kind of Wardlow matches I want to see. Yeah, legitimate threats. And like, yeah. um, Brian, Brian Cage is as strong as Wardlow, if not stronger, to be fair. He had, um, he had Wardlow in like a bicep curl thing, and then he just chucked him over the back of his head. Like, that was super impressive. And then Wardlow hit a bit later on. Wardlow hit like a whisper in the wind off the top rope. That was fucking ridiculous. And then, yeah, he managed to um, powerbomb Brian Cage four times. Brian Cage has always been amazing, dude. Like, he is very underutilized in the ring. Like, what he's able to do for his size is really impressive. Yeah, he uh, he just lacks charisma. He's like wet blanket. To be fair, like, <laughs> like he's he's got all the definition of like a triple A video game. Like he's got he's sixty frames per second. Like he moves super fast. He's got four K definition, but there's just nothing behind that. He's he's all graphics. Okay, good analogy. No there. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, better than I thought it was going to be. And then we got the embassy come out afterwards with the gates of agony. I remember yeah, gates of agony, and uh, who's the other one? Um, Nana. Yeah, Prince Prince Nana or Prince something uh but isn't there like there's or or is the gates of agony do they have four three members in that yeah see that that stable was originally the one that jonathan gresham was in one of the with tyler blanchard yeah they both left and then he got sold to nana and it's just the gates of agony and brian cage in the embassy okay because eventually like we had you know samoa joe and ftr coming out to even up the odds Mm -hmm. um which which feels like they're building to uh an eight-man match between those two teams now at this point because we saw it multiple times as well including for battle of the belts Mm -hmm. it's like a on a wrestle. I don't know that he does. Fair. No, I'm not super familiar with his work, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. I don't yeah, really know. So we got that. Uh, we got like a weird stare off thing at the end, which obviously led into them announcing a match for FDR at Battle of the Belts. Correct. 
Yeah, that's how we got the ROH tag title match and somebody in the crowd at Battle of the Belts having a two-day build sign I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. There was another sign in the crowd that said, I, I, I hate HR expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I was impressed he was able to do the Powerbomb Symphony to Cage, though. Four Powerbombs, like, didn't even seem like it was, you know, he didn't break a sweat. Who was it that he... He did, like, four power bombs to somebody that was relatively big and, like, was completely gassed after that. I can't remember who it was. Um, was it Archer? I think it was Archer, yeah. I guess Archer's more bulkier than Brian Cage, right? And taller than Brian Cage. So that probably was a little bit more harder to do. Yeah, yeah. I know it definitely wasn't Morrissey because Morrissey had one power bomb. No, he just had one and one and done. Yeah, so... All right. Well, that takes us to the last segment then. Number five on my list. Number two on yours, which is the trios match between Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale taking on Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford. This was okay. Like, this was okay. Um, There was definitely some solid moments throughout, but there was also some sloppy moments throughout in this match. Um, I feel like there was a lot of, of miscommunication from time to time. I would have preferred to see something like more cohesive, right? Whether it was just like a singles match between Tony and Jamie or maybe just a tag match. But the entire point of this being set up and done was to set up Britt Baker v. Soraya at Full Gear. Like, they're clearly building to that. I think this is my personal takeaway that we set up for the... um willow jade battle of the belts mark. well i mean i think that also led to you know had had some ulterior motive behind it right like with willow getting the victory i think mm-hmm. clearly yes but the storyline coming out of this match and, and all throughout it because they even had Britt baker backstage right oh spoiler alert saraya is not clear you're never going to see her wrestle and then in this match we see her get physical with Britt baker um clearly proving that she she has been cleared by doctors and it has now been stated that she's been cleared by doctors. Uh, Doc Sampson actually definitely cleared her. So um, that is going to be one of our big high profile matches at full gear. Soraya taking on Britt Baker. Uh, I think maybe we get like a Sting Darby Allen sort of thing. So remember when they had like, they have a, set, a six man match on one of the pay-per-views and it was sort of like set up just for the main event. Felt like it was going to be a cool down match, but it wasn't just all like bad shit. Maybe we get like a six man or a six woman match with, uh, with a uh, hater Baker and probably Rebel on one side and then Tony Storm Soraya and maybe Athena on the other uh, so therefore like Soraya does wrestle but she does do the, most of the workload you get me I hope not I'd rather just see a singles match between Britt and Soraya I hope uh, that happens. I hope DMT curb sponsor. She won't. Soraya is going to get the victory. I can promise you now. Soraya will walk out the uh, the winner. But I don't want to see Jamie just kind of shoehorned into a trios match or a tag match on the pay per view. I want to see Tony Storm take on Jamie Hayter for the title. Yeah, that would be dope. All right, we'll replace we'll replace Hayter with the. We're good. We're good. Okay. Or you can put Penelope Ford in there. Give give it a try. Penelope Ford. You see her like she did a Matrix thing, and then dude, like, also get back up. Which managed to I don't know how the fuck she managed to recover that, man. She was falling backwards and still managed to use her momentum while falling backwards to, like, jump up and do the cutter afterwards. Very impressive because, like, you know, they almost fumbled that spot, right? Like, it Mm -hmm. almost fell apart, but she saved it. And it was very impressive. She's yeah. she's way better than she was. She's definitely improved significantly. Yeah, leaps and bounds. Absolutely leaps and bounds. Yeah, 
because uh, I, I did really enjoy this match, to be fair. I thought they wasted um, haters, like, sort of pop tag, or they wasted haters tag in, because you did get, like, a pop from the crowd, but it was done during the picture-in-picture, picture, yeah. which was a, a real shame. And then the other side were building their, like, hot tag momentum, but with Tony Storm getting the beat down, I'm like, that's, that's not right. Like, Tony Storm's the women's champion. If anyone should be hot tagged in from that side, it should be Tony Storm, but she was the one on the receiving end of the beating. So, it's cool that it. Willow got to benefit from that, though. Like, I like that, yeah, yeah. you know, they're kind of building her up and, and making her a, a staple of that division right now. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. And we've got, uh, the, the, the women's division isn't that bad. Like, we have got, we've got no. depth in there. Like, there's, yeah. there's still Ruby Soho. Like, I'm guessing she's out injured at the moment. She is with her nose. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I'm not going to say Red Velvet's a good part of that division, but she's about She's somewhere. good in the baddies, though. She's a great fit with the baddies. She is, she is. And then we're seeing uh, Hikaru Shida's back in the mix next week, and she... Yes! So, Holy Shida's back, baby. I like Shida. I love Shida. Yeah, yeah. me too. So yeah, get her back up in the women's division, and then we're, we're fine. We don't really need Soraya. Yeah, we do. Nah, we need Soraya. We need her. She's going to... She's she's go Like I said, man, she's going to bring a lot, of, a lot of eyes to that division, open up a lot of doors for some of these girls hopefully you know will be a, a catalyst to get some other big names in there as well like you know as we say every every week still don't know what's going to happen with sasha and naomi yeah you yeah, would think if true. they were going back to wwe they'd have been there by now like everybody is back except for them at this point yeah there's only so many people you can debut at a time though isn't there? there's only so many people you can bring back no i know i know but i i feel like out of anybody that, you know, Triple H had a surefire get to bring back to WWE after he took over, Sasha is the one that I think is willing to take risks, right? Right. Like, I really hope she still ends up in AEW. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. I really do. They will let her be as reckless as she wants to be. <laughs> I don't like the men being reckless, but Sasha Banks being reckless, I'll take all day. <laughs> she goes out there and damn near kills herself each night. <laughs> Uh, this was a good dynamite, though. I go four stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I go four stars as well. Nice. There you go. Four star dynamite. All right, let's move on to Rampage. You and I ranked four things, four four matches. Um, didn't we have a? Did we have a hook segment on Rampage? Was it a backstage segment? Do we have that on on Rampage? I think it might have been on Battle of the Belts. To be fair, was it Battle of the Belts? Okay, I just try to figure out where we're gonna do Hook of the Week, so we'll save it for Battle of the Belts then. Okay. Um, so let's let's do uh, let's do Rampage. Um. I guess we reverse here. So you take the highs, I take the lows for Rampage. So number four on my list is Tony Nese and Josh Woods taking on the Varsity Blondes. It is definitely number four on yeah, my list too. This was nothing exciting. Um, definitely primarily a squash match, right? Like, I don't think how this could be described anything other. Um, what are they calling them? The Varsity Athletes? Yeah. Tony Nese and Josh Woods? Name. The so the Varsity Blondes can no longer be called the Varsity Blondes because Smart Mark has trademarked the Varsity name, which, I mean, I don't think you can really do that. But um, this match was, was boring. I feel like Pillman and Griff are unfortunately being phased out, right? Like, mm -hmm. I even read a, a like a, an interview with Julia Hart recently where they were asking her about, like, how she felt leaving the Varsity Blonde. She was like, oh, I don't care at all. Like, I actually like that I was able to leave. I'm glad that I'm in the house of black she's like i don't really even talk to to brian or griff anymore like you know they're fine they're doing good but yeah we don't really talk anymore <laughs> wow. so um i feel like they're being phased out which is a little unfortunate because i feel like they never 
made it to their fullest potential. Now, I think Pillman is definitely better than Griff. I think Griff was still green, but but Pillman definitely was a bit stronger. Um, I was really hoping for, you know, the whole Hollywood blonde style tag team that Pillman and Steve Austin had back in WCW. Mm-hmm. Never really reached those heights, but um, their theme music is still so freaking dope, dude. Like, I'll miss that theme if they do get phased out. Yeah, see, yeah, Griff, Griff was never really much of much, to be honest. Um, I don't mean to talk about him like they're already gone. But yeah, it's a shame that Pillman couldn't get himself over, essentially. He is a second generation. He's got the Pillman last name, hasn't he? Um, so he feels like he should be a big star. He was never really he was never really massive in MLW either, even though they let, they put time to shine on him. But... Well, it's like uh, Joe Hennig, right? Curtis Axel. I mean, he's Mr. Perfect's son, third generation wrestler. Yeah. yeah, Michael McGillicuddy. I mean... He never really got over either, even though he's got such a lineage under his name and in his family. So it's never a guaranteed thing. It's not. It's not. But yeah, no. I was watching this match and I was thinking, like, oh, they haven't given these guys a name yet. Maybe maybe Excalibur's waiting for me to name them. Um, and then the match ended and Smart Mark called them the varsity athletes. Fucking terrible. Maybe so what would you have given them instead? I don't know. I think the easiest thing would be called like the premier beasts or something. Um, okay, but Nyla Rose is the native beast. She can join in if she wants. Okay. <laughs> Now we're just making a stable. Well, then we can have uh, Nyla Rose, Josh Woods, and Tony Neese to be like Neese, Neese, Beast, or Beast, Neese, Beast. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything's better than the varsity athletes. I want to see, I want to see at full gear, the varsity blondes against the varsity athletes with the varsity on a pole match, like the name varsity on a pole or something like that. Don't you get those, like, the jackets that are, like, colored down the middle and white down the side? Are they known as varsity jackets? Jackets. Yes. Yeah, you put, well, they put the varsity jackets on a pole. There you go. There you go. There you go. Fucking done it. Yeah, that's a good buy-in match. <laughs> definitely a buy-in. Definitely got buy-in vibes. Like, if this is a feud, it's definitely got, like, dark elevation. But we did have the uh, acclaimed come out to, I assume, maybe tease a match between themselves and the varsity athletes. Yeah, they threatened to uh, stomp on Sterling's nuts, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Very aggressive, but I liked it. Yeah, me too. Wicked. You're ready to do some good stuff then? Yeah, what's number one on your list? Probably the same as mine. Yeah, number one on my list is the main event, Death Triangle versus Dark Order. Yeah, this this trio's match was freaking dope, dude. Very, very cool. And shout out to Pac, man. Like... Coming out here, putting on a clinic in this trios match, and then staying in the ring to then put on a fucking clinic to start off Battle of the Belt with Trent. Like, dude, he is just on, he is, he is something else. He's not human. He's on another level. He's always been on another level. Okay? Yeah. Um, but yeah, when did, uh, when did Penta drop his obscure name? He just gone back to El Zero Mero name. Um, like within the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Like, he, he's not Dark Penta anymore. Yeah. No, he's just no. like, just Penta El Zero Miedo again. Um, I love when he wears the Joker gear. I think that gear is just so freaking dope. Fair, fair. A little too green for me, but yeah, it's not bad. I think I think I prefer his black black attire as obscure attire. Yeah, no, that was cool too. That was cool too. Yeah. I did think um, Ten and Phoenix quite stumbled the opening a little bit. They weren't quite, bit. Um, they weren't quite on uh, on point with each other. It, it picked up as you said. It was a really good match. Um, yeah, we'll take it away. I think this was also a a nice touch because this was like the the two year anniversary of Brody Lee's final match in AEW, right? So. 
um, with all of the shit that happened with Andrade and Sammy and Andrade getting sent home so he couldn't fight 10 with the Mask V career on the line. Putting Dark Order in a trios match for the trios titles against Death Triangle was a nice way to kind of pay homage to Brody Lee a little bit. Um, I still didn't think that Dark Order stood a chance at capturing the titles, but I kind of wish they, they would have a little bit. Like, no titles changed hands, which was really unfortunate for me. Anytime you have a battle of the belts, I feel like at least one title should change hands and I feel like you know because we had Battle of the Belts go on right after this rampage this match was technically part of the Battle of the Belts anyway and I mean they they, they even rated, they even made it feel that way on commentary right they're like from here on out it's nothing but championship matches for the rest of the night like they made it feel like this match was just an extension of Battle of the Belts um, super cool match though man a lot of cool spots Johnny Hungy definitely star still of the Dark Order anytime he gets in the ring the crowd is just absolutely on fire um his hot tag was super freaking cool right when he came in and just started throwing kicks and flying all around the ring taking everybody out german suplex like it's just so entertaining man he's so unstoppable and he's so good um i I do think their time to kind of shine in the sun as champions will come eventually but wasn't to be now uh death triangle did still get the victory and i don't really know like if we are building it to a complete heel turn for Death Triangle or if it's just Pac that's kind of like toeing the line between being a good guy and a bad guy, right? We had Roosh and Jose come out to distract the, the referee and one of them handed Pac the, the hammer. I think it was Roosh that handed Pac the hammer, yeah, right? While, yeah. while Jose, the assistant, had the ref distracted so that way he could hit Alex Reynolds with it and then did so and then pretty much locked on the brutalizer and the ref's like, oh, Alex Reynolds is knocked out. Let's just ring the bell, right? So that was the end of the match. Um, but it's like, not the only time we would see that happen <laughs> and over the, over the span of the next 20 minutes. Yeah, which, which, uh, it's a shame, to be fair. Like I just said, Pac, Pac's on another level. Like, there's no need there's no need for Pac to be able to, to be doing this to win matches. He should just be able to win matches off his um, off his ability alone. Correct. But yeah, I think this is still, they're still going to, they're still working on the, the 10 storyline. Like, I, I think 10's okay. I don't see why we're getting a big 10 push at the moment, why they're trying to focus in on him. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, if he splits from Dark Order and joins uh, Lefaxion and Gubernables, like, who knows? I think that might be entertaining. But with Andrade up in the air, who even knows what's going to happen with that faction anymore? So... Yeah. We'll have to see what they do. Yeah. But it was definitely the most entertaining thing on Rampage, for sure. Main event. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, number two on my list was the opening number match. Three. Another trios match. Oh, I guess it was... No, am, I, am I doing the lows? Well, you then, are. I mean, I, you already know what my number two would be then. My number my number three is the tag match then. Anna Jay and Ty Mello taking on Madison Rain and Sky Blue. You already know what my yeah. number two would be then after giving you that, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Number, number three... My list as well. Uh, is it Tay JAS? Tay JAS, yeah. I get taken on Madison and Sky Blue. Um, hey, so we had a, a, a full house in then for Rampage. Nicely done. We did. Um, we this match was okay, right? Like, it was it was solid. I, I like that Ty and Anna are back together because I think they work really well together. I think they play off each other really well. Um Madison and Sky actually did pretty well together as a tag team too. Like I was, I was impressed. I was more impressed with Sky Blue than I was Madison Rain. But um, 
this match definitely had some slow moments, had a little bit of sloppy moments towards the middle. There was a couple miscommunications, miscues throughout um, when Anna Jay did like that. Oh, I forget who they were doing it to. It was obviously either Madison or Sky. I think it may have been Sky, but uh, Anna was like rolling one of them up and then Ty hit the ropes and was going for a knee like that was a little a little miscommunicated. It, it didn't look as fluid as it probably should have. But um, this was okay. It was all right. Yeah, it was nice to see um, Ty Mello out there with like Sammy for a change. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember this match being particularly long, if I'm honest. Uh, according was... to Pro Wrestling Fandom, it clocked in at 7 minutes and 42 seconds. <laughs> okay, I remember all of like 30 seconds of it then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember like there was uh, there was sort of a hot tag for Madison Rain, but they didn't really build to it. So um, it didn't really come off on the crowd. They didn't really buy into it. Yeah, nothing, nothing special in this match. No, nothing special in this match. And I don't know if they're going to keep having Madison Rain and Sky Blue tag with each other. I mean, they've they've been kind of talking to one another like on social media now. And, you know, Madison Rain has been giving Sky Blue some props. I don't know maybe if she's working with her behind the scenes, right? Because she is a coach for AEW. So they did start referring to uh, Sky Blue as Madison's protege. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. So it seems like they are trying to uh, bump up Sky Blue a little bit, which is cool, to be fair. But yeah. I'd like to see her utilized more, man. I, I'm a big Sky Blue fan. I yeah, think she's still underutilized. Um, you know, she has some really cool moves in the ring. I think she has one of the better super kicks on the female division. Um, and she she makes it sound like it hurts, right? Like a lot of other girls kind of struggle with that, but she's able to to really make it sound vicious. And I just, I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's got a great look. I just wish she wouldn't lose all the goddamn time. Yeah, true, true, true. So then round nine, our full house and full round eight. Yeah, number, number two. two on my list. And mine. Is uh, the Battle Combat Club was Oroosh and Private Party. Yeah, fun way to open up uh, open up Rampage, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm super high on Private Party, to be fair. I think they're really good. It's a shame. They always they... have been. They always have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I know. They've always been really good. Um, it's just such a shame they sit in the background for the most of the time, isn't it? They don't really get used a whole lot. Uh, I feel like they they are definitely trying to put them back together with Matt Hardy, though. So that might kind of help them a little bit, break them away from the Andrade family office. Yeah, that whole thing's a fucking mess, isn't it? Sure is. Butcher, Butcher and the Blade in there, and then I don't know, is Han- Angelico still technically part of that thing? I think so, maybe. Yeah, it's just a really mission stable. Like, Andrade doesn't need to be in that thing. Who's sure? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just a bit shit, isn't it? But it is. Both need to be uh, more, more centered, more pushed. We need to see more of them, to be fair, because they are really good. Like, uh, Mark Quinn hit a really nice 450 slash to the entrance. He round. did. That, that yeah. Was super cool. um, I'm getting a bit bored with Roosh using the, um, using the cords all the time like it seems every match he wants to get those those cords i do a little whip with the cords and then do a little um strangle people with the cords i think it'd be a bit better if it was used more sparingly we didn't see it every match that's that's fair yeah i could agree with that um i do want to give a shout out to claudio man for his big airplane airplane airplane, spin with, airplane the spin with the big swing dude that was dope he had uh mark quinn on his shoulders and isaiah cassidy like in the actual swing like that looked so impressive and so hard to pull off like there's a you know he could only rotate like six times before he ran out of gas but <laughs> that was fucking cool as shit man yeah the cry definitely popped for it, it was good Fun way to open Rampage, though. It was fun. Yeah, the only, yeah. Thing, the only other thing I want to say on that is uh, I think Uta needs to come up with a better top rope move because this splash is a bit lackluster. Maybe he could do like a... Hmm. 
don't know. He doesn't even doesn't even look like I don't. He doesn't even do like a frog splash. You just you know when you see like a dog jump into water and they sort of <laughs> stick their arms out and their legs out straight. He just looks like that. He just looks like a dog jumping into water. Um, yeah, it's not great. This looks like a dog jumping into a swimming pool. Dog, dog splash. There you go. Dog splash, mate. They nailed it. Perfect. That was what uh, Snoop Dogg tried to do, right? The dog splash. Oh yeah, it was terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> they have the, the table like right next to the turnbuckle, and he barely, he barely got air. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Rampage is all right, though. I think I would go. Yeah, three stars. Shout out three stars. We're gonna have to start um, interchanging who announces their star rankings there. I, I feel like people might start thinking that I just rank stuff the same as you. But yeah. I went three stars on this one as well. You can you can throw out your star rating first for Battle of the Belts. <laughs> I didn't make a star rating for Battle of the Belts. Well, you can figure it out before I do. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, so now we flip again. So I guess I take the highs and you take the lows for Battle of the Belts, even though we have three matches to talk about. What's your number three? Number three is Jade Cargill versus Willow Nightingale. Yep, number three on my list as well. Okay, so before I start getting into the match, is it time that Willow drops the Nightingale name? I think it's just easy to refer, easier to refer to it as Willow. Yeah. You know, maybe, but I don't want to WWE this up either. Like, we don't need to just have single names for people. Like, we don't need yeah. to just call her Jay. We don't need to just call her Willow. We don't need to just call her Sky. We don't need to just call him Trent, right? I'm glad that Trent is now Trent Beretta instead of Trent still like he used to be. Trent. Trent, um, exactly. We don't need a... We don't need to call, you know, not John. <laughs> no, I like first and last names. <laughs> John! And then doesn't say Mockley. Yeah, yeah. Call him Wheeler. Just Wheeler, Wheeler taking on MJF for Wheelsy. Wheelsy versus Maxwell. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like, I understand people, uh, like, it, it does work sometimes just to take, just to shorten someone's name. And I don't think Nightingale adds a whole lot to it. I think the only issue I see is maybe, um, does Jeff Hardy? own the rights to Willow as a like oh, a wrestling name. Maybe. That might be why we've got Nightingale there. But yeah, I would he might be, be willing to give that he might be willing to like let that slide. He works for them after all. Yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, yeah. But yeah. I was um, uh I was hopeful, right? Like that this was going to be a, a decent match. It was okay, I think. I think this match was okay. Um, but they did kind of, you know, point out the fact that this was Willow's third attempt, right, at the TBS title. Mm -hmm. And Jade's like, I already beat you twice. Like, what makes you think that you're going to beat me this time? And what makes you think you even deserve a shot? And Willow's like, well, you can't win all the time. And you did beat me twice, but can you beat me again? Well, clearly she can. Yeah. So yeah. she got one one win on uh, Dynamite and thinks she's hot shit. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to see Jay lose eventually, though. Like, I still don't know it's who it's going to be against. I really don't. But I do want to see her lose eventually. And I think that's going to be a big moment when it happens. Yeah, I think we just have to find the right person to, like, give the rub to, essentially. Sasha Banks. Mercedes Vernado. Fair, fair. I don't give a shout out to, uh, you see Willow's tope onto, like, Kiara and, what's the other lady's name? Lacey? Layla Gray. Gray. Layla Gray. Yeah, yeah. Willow did a tope to the outside. Man, she almost took Kiara's head off. She came like, through that. With uh, yeah, full head of steam, and uh, you know she's she's definitely you know she's a she's she's a powerful girl, man. She's got she's got some speed and some some power behind her. So I do like that aspect. Whenever Jade and Willow are in the ring together, they're both like you know strong girls. I do like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Willow almost matches up to Jade's sort of strength. 
So, yeah. Yeah, we got a filter uh, wheel reversed into a slam, which was quite nice, and then finished off with a jaded pin. It was all good. And then Vicky Guerrero came out. Did you see Vicky Guerrero's T-shirt? I don't know if this is a new T-shirt, but man, I, I like this T-shirt. I did not see it. What did it say? So it had a picture of a cupcake on the front, and it said uh, Delicious Vixen, and then on the cupcake it says Cake and Violence. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I don't see if they've got one in my size. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they will. Yeah, you'll like have to cake get one. I like violence. You do, yeah. I, uh... I like that they had Nyla Rose steal the TBS title and run away with it. So yeah, apparently she's been doing good stuff on Twitter with it already. Clearly they're going to have a match soon between Jade and Nyla. Uh, Nyla is, you know, an interesting candidate for Jade. Um, someone that is reasonable that you could think maybe could defeat Jade. She's, she's a previous women's champion, isn't she? So Correct. She's the highest, highest caliber person Jade will technically come across. So, yeah. I just don't know if it's Nihilus time again yet. I no, guess it could I be. I don't think it will be Nihilus time, but it, is, it will be number 40. And as you say, the streak's got to end at some point, isn't it? Yeah. How high do they let it go, man? Do they Goldberg it up? Does she get to like 180 and 0 or something like that? Nah. See, they were saying when when the match started that she's like undefeated in like 598 days or something. Yeah. So. I guess the reason that Goldberg got so like inflated in his win-loss record is because they were counting all those house shows too, right? Like they, they were running, that was back when... And they used to run house shows like two to three times or four times a week or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then Goldberg always had quick squash matches on Nitro and Thunder. Like Jade doesn't have quick squash matches every night. So um, I bet she'll get to 50, actually. She'll probably get to 50, but I don't know if she'll get to like 75. Yeah, I don't think I want it any higher than 50, to be honest. Yeah, so we'll see. We will see. Number one on my list at Battle of the Belts is the All Atlantic title match. Pac taking on Trent Beretta. We've got a double housing. A double housing this week. Easy to do when there's only three and there's a clear <laughs> best and worst. So. <laughs> Like I said, man, this kicking off Battle of the Belts, Pac coming off that trios title match, like literally just minutes before, and then put on an even better match than we saw at the end of Rampage with Trent. Like this match was perhaps the best match we saw in the entirety of AEW this past week. I'm not opposed to agreeing with that. This was super solid, man. I was very impressed with what they were able to do. Um, This match went on for almost 15 minutes, which is impressive because the Rampage match was 21 minutes. That means Pac was in the ring for like a solid almost 40 minutes of of nonstop wrestling, Mm -hmm. which very, very cool. And and shout out to him for being able to put on, you know, two great back-to-back matches like that. Um, This was just so good, man. A lot of back and forth, a lot of cool spots, a lot of really, really close near falls. Um really really entertaining that avalanche brain buster through the table was so sick mm-hmm. uh, I fucking love that spot but damn it we saw the ring hammer again <laughs> good yeah yeah I like the um, avalanche they call it half and half suplex yeah that was really nice um, and then I'm going to shout to how Pat sold the swinging DDT off Trent he sort of like he, he spiked his head and then sort of like flipped back up landed on his feet and then like face planted the floor beautiful he sells so well he does man he does yes absolutely brilliant and then uh we got a nice like i think trent tried to put him in like a reverse tombstone i can't think of what the actual name is now but then um pack sort of connected that into the brutalizer like as he was stood up and then sort of like pushed him to the floor that's uh 
that was really nice as well. Yep, yeah, this was a hell of a match, and uh, you know, after Pac used the the ring hammer again and got the victory, right? Orange Cassidy ran down to try to kind of take out Pac for cheating to get the victory against him a week or two ago, and then Pac was able to get away, but they did set up another match now in Toronto this Wednesday night. Another All-Atlantic title match between Orange Cassidy and Pac. Should be really, really good, to be fair. But yeah, this is the other one I was uh, alluding to earlier, like the referee. Like, Pac hit um, Trent in the face with that hammer, like, right in front of the ref. Like oh, the yeah. Ref was looking at them, and then, and then the ref was probably going... Uh, what's happened? I understand. It was, it was right. And the ring the hammer way. was clearly right there in the ring, like after the yeah. pinfall and everything. Like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with the referee stuff. Like I said, I know there's some storyline being told. I just don't know how in depth it's going to get. So, um, either way, man, this was a hell of a match. So to round out all the matches this week, we have got FTR versus the Gates of Agony, which was our main yeah, event. Yeah, number two on both of our lists for the ROH tag titles. Uh, pretty fun main event. I think it was slow in some areas, right? I think I expected mm-hmm. this match to be better than it really was. I mean, FTR still, you know, on another level when it comes to the tag division. Gates of Agony, they're they're so impressive, right? Especially Khan. I think Khan has a great look about him. A physique and a half, honey. Yeah, he's, he's fucking jacked, man. Like, Gates of Agony, I think, is a really cool tag team. I just expected this match to be a bit more exciting, and we didn't really have that. Yeah, I like uh, the start of the match of Bobby Cruz announcing, like, he had his neck brace on. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, because he got attacked by Jericho, like, a week ago or two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, the ass boys being the bottom guys, and that was okay as well. Did you not think that, like, so we had Austin Gunn dressed as Dax with, like, a bald cap on, and Colton Gunn was dressed as Cash with, like, a mullet, but didn't Austin, or I'm sorry, didn't Colton Gunn look like a young Scott Steiner when he had a mullet and it was, like, the Steiner brothers? Like, oh, he looked yeah, like yeah. a young Scott Steiner. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put that together. Now you said, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. yeah. Um. Yeah. This match wasn't the greatest, but it was still alright. Yeah, it was uh, okay. I don't know about so much about like Poli and Noah playing essentially like a crazed savage, isn't he? Like a little uh, bit. Nana was having a bit of difficulties trying to calm him down. He was sort of like being a big sort of I don't know savage essentially. Yeah, it's like the do... old like head shrinker style gimmick, right? A yeah, little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uncontrollable. Yeah, I thought we were kind of past those kind of gimmick days, but obviously not totally. You know, it wants to do that. But he did do a big charge into the rails. What that looked like, it must have hurt. Um, there was a hot tag for Dax. I believe it was like sort of late in the match, and the crowd popped for it. But I think he like what not one guy over, and then Toa like he went and um he gave him like a big ass Samoan drop, didn't he? Like overshot it. He basically like chucked them over his shoulders. But yeah, the Gates of Agony were more dominant in this match than the FTR were, to be fair. They were. I mean, they even kicked out of the big rig. They kicked out of the big rig, yeah. Yeah, they did because, well, I don't, I can't remember if it was a kick out or if it was like, you know, they interrupted the count to, to break the pinfall attempt. Yeah, but yeah. The match ended with um, a stupid backslide pin. Oh, yes, it did. Horrible, horrible. Yeah, they tried three times to get Taylor up for the big rig, didn't they? And then they eventually got him up and yeah, I think Khan uh, knocked him out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Ended on a backslide, man. That's such a disrespect. Yeah. The, the backslide doesn't look like a proper pin, does it? No. Uh, you just you can you can wiggle out of that one. Not. All you gotta do is flip around, right? Just pull your momentum, yeah, yeah. kick your legs forward or backwards or whatever. So easy to get out of. 
WCW style pinfall. It's terrible. It's terrible. Then we had uh, they continued to beat FTR dying after the match had ended, and then Wardlow came down, and then eventually Brian Joe Cage came, came down. Well. Yeah, Brian yeah, Cage Brian was Cage out there came down. again. Yeah, and then like, that's what I'm saying, down. man. It feels like they're building up to an eight man between these two guys or all all of these guys. Yeah, I could see it. I don't know. I don't necessarily like want it, but yeah, I could see it happening. Joe got a nice pop though, didn't he? He did. He definitely did. Nice yeah, he did. Fun battle of belts. It was okay. Like, I'm a little disappointed we didn't have any titles change hands between the end of Rampage and the entirety of Battle of the Belts. Like, like I said, I feel like when they have one of these specials, um, we really ever, never actually have titles change hands at these Battle of the Belts events. Like, I wish they would start doing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Give them a little bit more legitimacy. Um, you know, I really liked the whole uh, Clash of the Champions that WCW used to do and and that's literally what battle of belts is meant to be so there there really needs to start being some title changes and some more high profile matches like some bigger style matches like i really hope that we get there eventually but um it was a fun show i think i would probably give battle the belts oh no wait you get to go first yeah yeah i'm gonna give it two and a half stars okay i would have stayed three stars i would have stayed three stars just like i did for rampage so uh, but we did have a, a hook segment somewhere, right? Like, I think that was somewhere on Battle of the Belts. Um, maybe like a quick backstage segment with Lexi Nair, potentially. I yeah. don't know. It was somewhere. He so up, uh, He ripped up these JVs. Yeah. And she's like, why are you doing nothing. that? What's it say? <laughs> he didn't even say anything, did he? He just walked off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, before we talk about what's coming up this week, let's do a little hook of the week. Sev, last week I went with a hook and ladder, or a hook and lateral, the play in football. This week, it falls to you. What is our hook of the week? Hook of the week, Brian, is one that I'm so surprised we haven't come up with before, because it's so obvious. People listening to this podcast have probably been shouting or expecting this one to come up. This one is a pin called a far leg hook. Ah, okay. So the, you always hear it on commentary, they're like, oh, he didn't hook the leg, you've got to hook the leg. The far leg hook, when you pin someone on the map, pick up the, the leg furthest away to you, create, essentially supposed to create more downward thrust on the shoulders, making it harder. They always say, oh, we didn't, he didn't hook the leg, that's why they managed to kick out. But yeah, so fuck backslide pins, let's go far leg hooks. Fuck backslide pins, it's all about the far leg hooks. <laughs> yeah, fuck the last supper as well. Like the actual Last Supper? Like the biblical Last Supper? <laughs> I was on by the Darby, Darby Allen pen, but mate, you can take that any way you want. Fuck them both. <laughs> All right. Hook of the week this week. A whole uh, a far leg hook. Make it make it harder for your opponent to kick out of a of a pinfall, right? Yeah. That's what it's designed for, I think. I think that's what they uh, why they always tell you to hook the leg. Should have hooked the leg. Yeah, definitely. Should have hooked the leg. Should have hooked the leg. Yeah, should have hooked the leg. That's your hook of the week this week. Hook in the leg. Far leg hook. There you go. We don't have anything confirmed for Rampage this Friday night, which is just being taped. I, I don't think it's live this Friday. I think it's being taped right after the uh, show on Wednesday from Toronto. Mm-hmm. So n- nothing has been confirmed yet for Rampage, but we do have five things confirmed for this Wednesday night on Rampage. So as mentioned, we do have the AEW All-Atlantic title on the line as Pac defends against Orange Cassidy. Should be an entertaining match. We have Daddy Ass Billy Gunn taking on Swerve Strickland in singles action. Oh, yeah. 
We got tag team action. Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter taking on Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. Very excited. Shida Storm. I don't know. Shida Storm. (laughs) (laughs) Jungle Boy taking on Luchasaurus. Should be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for the ROH World title, Chris Jericho taking on Brian Danielson. Ouch. Probably my least favorite match on the card. I hope Danielson wins. Man, he's not going to win, is he? Jericho's on his new I'm going to destroy Ring of Honor thing. I know, but I still hope Danielson wins. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Probably not, but I hope it does. But I hope this is a good dynamite, man. The the Canadian crowds are always usually very, like, fired up. So I think this crowd could be solid as hell. I hope they give them a good show to get excited about. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time in Canada they should give them a really good show, to be fair. I'm going to be interested to see what happens on Dark and Elevation, like what Canadian talent they can pull from around there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the Mountie's still around? Canadian, Ooh, Jacques Rougeau? Okay. He's the Mountie. He's brave. <laughs> he's big. He's strong. He's the Mountie. And he enforces the law. I mean, it clearly used to say I in the theme, but I'm just saying he because I'm singing about him. I used to love that theme, dude. That was a cool theme. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But that's what we got to look forward to on Dynamite and Rampage this week. Obviously, Rampage will probably get confirmed matches this Wednesday night and maybe even a little bit on social media prior to. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the Canadian debut but we're almost to the end of the show before we get on out of here we still need to hit the gong because we got to do the burial ground last week i sent luigi primo down and brought bandito up this week the honor falls to you who goes down who goes up okay so going down this week is a person who has previously gone up and i'm not going i'm not putting him down down i'm putting him, i'm taking him from up to back to the middle <laughs> okay down. okay he's going down one 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 level but that's going to be wheelie yeah Okay. I okay. think uh, you to get knocked down a peg or so. Yeah, yeah. His uh, from when he got put up after his like what inauguration into the Blackpool Combat Club. I think he sort of like he sort of gone back into the mist of that, hasn't he? And then he had what you considered a pretty bad promo. He's not great on the mic. I didn't think he was too bad, but yeah, he has lost a couple of times. I think he did win that trio's match, but he was essentially just a third man, wasn't he? He was. But yeah, so I think uh, I think you has lost a bit of shine. So therefore, I'm bringing him out of the upper echelon and putting him back in the middle, and more essentially sending him right down but the person going up this week there can only be one his double duty himself pack the bastard yeah good choice man i was so impressed with him this week like so good yeah it's why i love him because he is on another level and i mean you know he's basically the embodiment of what you wish you were right you're already a bastard i, I guess yeah i don't, I don't want to be a, a short geordie man though no like, no no if, if i got one critique it's his accent like horrible isn't it you don't want to be ripped like him oh yeah i'll be i'll be ripped like him i'll be um athletic as him i just don't want his voice <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. Pack. Yeah, pack going up, rightfully so. Wheeler Utah coming back into the middle of the burial ground. All right. I like it. Good choices this week. That's your burial ground. That is your burial ground. But I think that's going to bring us about to the close of the show this week, Sev, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. No, let's, let's get out of Brian. All right. Let's go get out of here, and uh, I'm going to watch some football, I think, for the rest of the night. Maybe play some Warcraft and do a little bit of work as well for my actual job. But we want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of Blend Destroyers. 
and all the wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will be a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the show, as usual, is going to be theme song of the week. Last week, I went with Soraya, obviously zombified by falling in reverse. This week, Sev, the honor falls to you. What is our theme song of the week? Well, uh, I think because it's a national holiday, it can only be one. Because there's no red, there's no blue. The acclaimed wears pink, and everyone looks good in pink. So, Brian, our theme tune of the week is the acclaimed match. Scissor Me Daddy. Scissor Me Daddy. All right. Yeah, we've not played. We, I mean, granted, the acclaimed has always had like a, you know, a basic theme, but Max raps it on the way out to the ring, and it was just a beat. We never actually even played that for theme song of the week, but the one we're going to play is the one that actually has some lyrics that they tend to play after the acclaimed wins their matches now. So, I don't really know the name of this track. I don't even know if it has one, so we're just going to call it the Acclaims theme. That's your theme song of the week. Now hit the music. The Acclaims, top of the chain, so I bet you know the name. Getting all the fans entertained. The Acclaims, running in the game and we in our own lane. Everybody saying that they want to be acclaimed. Nobody's stopping the team. The acclaimed on the rise to the top of the scene. We the cream of the crop. It's an obvious thing. You gon' wind up on the dark side of the ring. Cause you just another tragedy. Critically acclaimed, you're a casualty. Ain't nobody good as Max and Anthony. And we so handsome. Getting paid handsomely. The acclaimed. Everything you plan to be acclaimed. Top of the chain, so I bet you know the name. Getting all the fans entertained. The acclaimed. Running in the game and we in our own lane Everybody's saying that they want to be acclaimed Top of the chain, so I bet you know the name Getting all the fans entertained, the acclaimed Running in the game and we in our own lane Everybody's saying that they want to be acclaimed And we as seen on TV Winning matches every single week, it's like a repeat Yes, I draw dimes every time that you see me Acclaim to fame is making all the teams sleepy Everybody loves us, nobody can touch us If you gotta wrestle the acclaim, that's tough luck That's Bowens, I'm Platinum Max Whenever we on screen, better grab a snack The acclaimed, top of the chain, so I bet you know the name Getting all the fans entertained The acclaimed, running in the game and we in our own lane Everybody's saying that they wanna be acclaimed Top of the chain, so I bet you know the name. Getting all the fans entertained, the acclaimed. Running in the game, and we in our own lane. Everybody's saying that they want to be acclaimed.